Welcome to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast with Darren Mitchell. If you're a sales letter looking to take your leadership to a whole new level, then this is the podcast for you. We'll be exploring tips, techniques, and strategies to help you take your leadership to the exceptional level and allow you to enjoy more money, more meaning, and better sales results. G'day, welcome back to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. Darren Mitchell here, host of the show. And I trust you've had a really, really relaxing and energizing weekend, getting ready for another hugely productive week in sales and uh, also looking to take your leadership to an entirely new level this week. And uh, with this, today being Monday, the very first day of a new season, certainly here in Australia, it is the 1st of March, 2021. And uh, hey, I reckon... Summer is about to kick in because historically, certainly down here in Victoria, in in, uh, in Australia, March seems to be warmer than February and January. It seems that all the kids are back at school and this is where it starts to get really, really warm. So we are looking forward to, over the next couple of weeks, I reckon some really, uh, really hot days. And uh, But wherever you are in the world, I trust that you are enjoying the climate right now. Particularly if you're in the Northern Hemisphere, it's probably really, really cold uh, but that will change in about three or four months' time as the seasons start to flip and we start to get colder here and you start to get warmer up in the Northern Hemisphere. However, I digress. So in today's episode, I want to talk about uh, exceptional teams and creating exceptional teams. It's something that I've uh, focused on for many years and something that also work on with, with sales teams and particularly sales leaders when it comes to well, how do we how do we build a really cohesive really highly functioning team that enables us to deliver the results that over time become sustainable, but also I'm really big on replicable results. So it's not about doing simple things, it's about doing things uh, better, but doing it in a simple way that can be replicatable, uh, that can be leveraged. And this often is an interesting topic because you talk to various different leaders and different sales leaders, and they'll have different perspectives on what constitutes a good team and what sort of attributes and characteristics and principles do they want to have in people who they bring in to the team. Now, I've talked about in previous podcasts uh, different personality types and behavior profiles, and that's that's one thing, but it's another thing entirely to look at in the context of the people that you're bringing in, what are you actually looking for? And this is a question that I'm often asked. So what is, and I often ask the question, what is your most, what is the, what is your preference, if you like, on the most important attributes or the important qualities to identify in people when seeking to build an exceptional team? Now, really, really interesting question and a really important question. And it goes to the core of the culture that you're going to build and maintain. And culture is everything. As we've talked about many, many times, culture will eat strategy for breakfast every single day. So if you've got the best laid strategy and you've got a really woeful culture, then that strategy for all intents and purposes will fall flat on its face and you won't get the results anywhere near what the potential is if you actually develop a really strong culture. And so interestingly, many, and I've worked with a lot of these sales leaders, many sales leaders look for attributes which I consider, and I'm not sure whether the word is superficial, but they're almost surface level sort of attributes. And they see them though as really critical because that's tangible. For example, I've worked with a number of sales leaders who their first preference, their first thing they look for in anybody's application or in anybody's resume or CV is a history of performance and a history of results. Now, that can tell you one thing, but it doesn't necessarily tell you the whole big picture. 
And I've seen this play out many, many times. And I shared a story last year about a person I brought onto my sales team with very limited, if any, sales experience. But there are other things that this particular person possessed in terms of the qualities and the attributes that I knew with a bit of training and with a bit of guidance, a bit of mentoring, a bit of coaching, that person could become an extraordinary salesperson. And guess what? That person did. And that person has now gone on to work in a leadership position in a very large global organization and doing very, very well. So think about this. What are, what are some of the attributes that you're looking for? Or what are the attributes that some of your, I guess, peers have looked for over the years in terms of bringing in people to the organization? Are you looking specifically for a history of performance or a history of results? Are you looking for really clearly demonstrated experience and knowledge? Are you looking for knowledge on competitors and how they've actually beaten competitors and so on and so forth? Now, look, I'm not saying these are bad things. In fact, these are quite legitimate, I guess, attributes or qualities that you can be looking for, Bill, but it's not the only thing. But it seems to be many organizations have this as, I guess, the first filter. And that if a person doesn't meet this criteria, i.e. they can demonstrate a history of performance in this sort of an industry or they've delivered exponential growth in their sales plan for the last 5, 10 years, etc., etc., as a first stepping stone to get access to maybe an interview for our, for our role here we've got, um, that we're missing so many different people. And it doesn't tell you the full picture because let's be honest, everybody can put some great stuff on their resume and it's one thing to put it on a resume, it's another thing entirely to actually demonstrate behavior over a long sustained period of time. So one of the things I wanted to talk about today and maybe give you some things to think about and at the end of this, I'll ask you a question around what are you looking for and what are some things that are really important to you when it comes to building an exceptional team because everybody is potentially going to have a different idea about what are the key attributes that you need and a lot of it may actually depend on the type of business that you're in but also the type of industry you're in and I get that. But what I've found is these are some things that I've looked for over the journey in terms of uh, attributes in great people that I know that if I have these type of attributes within the team, I've got something that I can actually work with, that I can then teach, that I can then mentor, that I can then coach. And over time, collectively, a group can come together and, ex and achieve extraordinary results and become really an exceptional and sustainably successful team. So I wanted to share with you what I consider to be some of the key attributes that I look for and certainly have looked for when building sales teams. But before I do that, just think about a key question for you and a key question for your business that you're representing right now or you're working in right now. And that is, when it comes to attracting talent, when it comes to bringing people into your sales team, or if you're a non-sales leader into your team, are you looking for a short-term solution that will deliver short-term results? Or are you looking to make an investment in somebody that, who, that you know with the right mentoring, the right coaching, and being part of the right culture, can actually grow into the role and deliver over time some significant results, but also potentially have the opportunity to go further within this organization. Now, this is a key question to ask before we start looking at specific attributes, because the answer to that question will often direct us in terms of what we're therefore going to be looking for when we bring people in from the marketplace. If, for example, you've got a business that is struggling right now and you need some short-term results, then by all means, you're going to look for people who can potentially, based on their track record, look and look for delivery of short-term results based on have they had a history of doing this in other organizations. But also bear in mind that when you bring somebody in with that sort of focus, the potential is they're not necessarily going to be wanting to hang around for a huge length of time. So any relationships that are built potentially may be lost because they'll be going on for the next organization and for the next uh, quick hit, if you like, in terms of their next, their next opportunity. 
Uh, or if you're looking for people to come in and you can work with them, you can build and you can evolve together and build a really high sustaining, high performing culture, then you're going to be looking for some different attributes. And it means you're going to have the benefit of time and you're going to have the benefit of development that will enable over time people to get better, lift the culture, and therefore deliver those results over the longer term. Now, not all organizations are set up for that, and I get that, but here's one thing I know. There are some consistent uh, attributes in people that I have seen will deliver extraordinary results over a long period of time. And by the way, even if you bring them in with the long-term view, because they have this level of thinking, because they have these kind of attributes, chances are the short-term results will also turn around because they're very good at building rapport, they're very good at investing in quality relationships, and because of that, the level of trust that people have in them means that they're more likely to lean forward and maybe bring forward purchasing decisions or at least give more opportunity to us because of the way they're dealing with them. It doesn't always happen, but in a lot of cases, it actually does because business to business in particular is pretty much based on relationships and relationships do take time to develop. So here are some things to think about. And as I go through these, these are just mine. These are, these are not uh, the be-all and end-all. And certainly I'm not saying these are the correct ones. These are just the things that I've looked for in people when it comes to bringing people onto a sales team. And I've found that over time delivers a level of consistency that enables us to get to the team to a level of exceptional performance that can then be maintained. Um, so I'm not su suggesting these have to be the attributes that you're looking for, but these are mine, but also I'll get you to think about what are the ones that you think are going to be really important for you uh, individually as a sales leader, but also for your team and therefore also the industry that you work in. So the first one that I look for is a, is a thing called humility. I can never, ever underestimate this level of humility. Now, unfortunately, in, in many people's eyes, salespeople are seemed, are seen to be, and it's a gross generalization, I know, they're seen to be really extroverted, out there, over the top, uh, talk a fish un like a fish underwater, all this sort of stuff. And many people wrongly believe that salespeople are driven heavily by ego. Now, depending on the type of personality style you are, yes, there are some that are more prevalent than others that potentially have an ego that is more visible. But I've also noticed over time that through experience, some of the best salespeople are also some of the most introverted people, but also some of the most humble people. And humility is a fantastic trait because it means that there's a level of flexibility that exists and a level of comfort and groundedness that exists within the individual. And they're actively looking for opportunities to uh, give accolades to other people, to bring people into the conversation, to give praise when it's deserved. And it's not so much to deflect attention away from themselves, but they're not the one that stand up and say, hey, look at me, look what I've done. This, if it wasn't for me, this business would never have happened. They understand that they have a part to play but they're very good at bringing other people in to the equation, into the conversation, into the transaction, which therefore uh, lifts everybody else up and makes a very, very positive contribution to culture. So that's the first thing, humility. The second thing that I look for is a thing called teachability. Now, whilst it might be great to have some experience in your in your resume, uh, some track record in your resume, and that that's great. You've delivered this in this in this particular situation. You've overachieved these goals, et cetera, et cetera. But more than anything else, what I'm looking for is, okay, are you teachable? Are you prepared to step your ego aside and actually sit down and really learn, even though you might have learned and even though you might have been in an industry for 10 or 15 or even 20 years, are you prepared to learn something new? And do you believe there is always something new to learn? So how teachable are you? Do you have a thirst for knowledge? Are you really are you voracious in terms of your learning and, and always looking to get better and learn something brand new and always or always get a different perspective 
that will enable you to bring more value to your customers and therefore to your marketplace. So how teachable are you? Unfortunately, I've worked with a lot of people over the years where they're simply not teachable. They're almost they're almost to the point of arrogance where it's it's like I've learned everything I need to learn. There's nothing that anybody else can teach me. I've arrived, and that's that's a horrendous position to be in, and certainly really difficult as a leader to actually lead people with that sort of mindset. So when I have that sort of thing, I look for opportunities where I can not so much displace them, but move them into other opportunities where perhaps their skill set may be better suited to another part of the business or another part of an industry. So teachability is a huge attribute that I'm looking for. Also, uh, I look for resilience. So give me examples where you've actually failed. And I ask this a lot of my clients. I ask this a lot of sales teams and certainly of leadership teams. But if we're not making mistakes, then we're not actually growing and we're not moving forward. So we need to have, we need to be in a position where it's okay to trip over. It's okay to fail. Now, failure is not necessarily fatal and it's certainly not final until and unless we actually give up. So we need to learn that uh, that failure is part of the game, but resilience is also part of the game that, okay, when we do, and this is linked to the teachability as well, when we do make a mistake, when something doesn't go according to plan, when we do quote-unquote fail, how do we deal with that? Are we willing to look for the lesson that comes out of that, that we can get better and make sure we don't repeat that same mistake? So can we build this level of resilience and always look forward on how we get better? How can we pay this forward? How can we make our, our experience somebody else's experience before they have to go through it, if that makes sense. So we can prevent them from making perhaps the same mistakes that we have. So resilience, so being able to put yourself in a position that potentially things won't work out and being okay with that and having the strategies to deal with that and to move forward anyway. The The next one is demanding on feedback. Now, I bang on about this all the time and I talked about this last week at a, at a conference, the importance of feedback and the importance of creating a feedback culture. Now, as a leader, it's incumbent on us to always seek feedback because we want to create the environment where feedback is not only demanded, it's actually expected, and it's a, just a, it's a mandatory thing. But we want people who are voracious when it comes to learning, and they want feedback. They want to know what's working and what's not working. They want to get better. So where are different perspectives? Where are their blind spots? And if they can demand feedback, it means that the conversations become a lot more two-way. And by the way, the conversations become of a higher quality because people are always looking for, okay, how am I doing? How am I doing here? How am I doing there? What's the, what's my blind spot? Did I do this well? Where did I miss this particular opportunity, etc., etc.? So whatever the case might be, looking for people who are uh, very open to feedback, but are more than happy to ask for it, but also willing to provide it as well in a non-emotional way. And that's the key thing, being able to do it in a in a way that is actually beneficial to both parties, but it's done constructively because we're separating the person from the feedback itself. And the last one is a focus on servitude, and this is a huge one. I talk a lot about um, servant leadership, and servant leadership is certainly one of the key things that I look for when I work with teams, and I certainly work with leaders. And that is, if we can focus on how we best serve the person that's in front of me, how do I help them have a better experience? How do I create what's called an impression of increase that they feel better having dealt with me for that particular moment. Now, if I can get people into my team who are focused on servitude, which means they're looking for opportunities to serve their customers, they're looking for opportunities to serve a marketplace, what they will do is they will create demand and they'll become almost like a a lightning rod for people to be attracted to them because they're not trying to push things onto the people, they're trying to serve people and solve problems. 
and a focus on servitude is you'll be looking for opportunities to add value at every single opportunity. Now, so there are five key attributes that I look for in, in building sales teams and in individuals who come into my sales team. So there's probably a whole host of other ones as well. But what I do know is based on experience, if these are in place, I know that we have a really, really solid foundation for serious growth. And so what do you look for? That's the question for today. What do you look for? What's important to you in your quest to build an exceptional team? And in the process, you become an exceptional leader. So just think about that. Just sit down and have that conversation with yourself and really nut out and write down on a piece of paper. What are those key attributes that you're looking for in an exceptional team that you know when you get them, you will literally become unstoppable. So get focused, get really granular on this, and I guarantee it will pay dividends many, many times over and you'll be so glad your future self will be so glad that you made that small investment so if you haven't done that exercise i encourage you i implore you i challenge you to sit down this week and really think about what are the important attributes that you need to bring into your sales team and that you know that if you get those in place you'll build a fantastic culture that will be i guess the foundation and a platform for some serious exponential therefore exceptional results and of course as a reminder if you'd like some help with this and you'd like uh, me to work with you one-on-one and you're committed to doing something over the next three months to really take your leadership to the exceptional sales leader level then let's have a conversation about working together one-on-one for that period of time jump onto my calendar and go to leadwithdarren.com Pick a time that suits and we'll set up a call or a Zoom call and uh, have a conversation about what that program will look like for you. I'm literally on a quest to help as many people as I possibly can take their leadership to the exceptional level because I know that if we do that, we're going to lift the entire industry, not just in Australia, but across the world. And we're going to have a lot of unstoppable sales leaders and therefore unstoppable teams around the world adding value left, right and center. So look forward to having that conversation and uh, look forward to working with you one-on-one. So with that, let's get after it this week. Let's really put the pedal to the metal and really turn on the gas and get get ourselves towards being that exceptional sales leader. And I look forward to talking to you on the very next episode of the Exceptional Sales Leader Podcast. All the best. Thank you for listening to the Exceptional Sales Letter Podcast. I trust the information in this episode has been helpful in your journey towards becoming exceptional. And remember, please take the time to rate the show, subscribe to the show so other people can find it. But also, if I can help you, jump on my calendar, go to leadwithdarren.com and let's have a conversation about how I can help you along your journey to being exceptional.